The following message was recorded at Shades Valley Community Church in Homewood, Alabama. For more information and resources from Shades Valley, please visit us at shadesvalley.org. Today um, is the first Sunday of the season of Lent. Lent is a season of repentance and fasting. It's meant to lead us to Easter. Repentance leads us to Easter. Repentance reminds us that we sin. The wages of sin is death. We need a Savior to save us from sin and death. We need a Savior who can die in our place for our sin and rise again, defeating our sin and death. Repentance leads us to our need for Easter. Fasting does the same thing, it just does it in a little bit of a different way. Fasting gives physical expression to a deeper spiritual hunger. Fasting is a way of saying man doesn't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, chiefly and supremely the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. He is what our souls hunger for. Nothing, not bread, not anything else in this world, will satisfy the deepest hunger of our souls. Fasting gives expression to that. We have a longing for a deeper hunger to be satisfied. We can only be satisfied by the Savior died and rose again so that our sin and death might be conquered and we might live forever with him as the satisfaction of our souls fasting leads us towards what our hearts will truly be satisfied by the resurrected christ forever fasting leads us to easter and so lent as a season of repentance and fasting leads us to the hope of easter and and i believe shades that as a body, we need this season right now. We need to be taken by the hand and led to the hope and the joy of Easter. We we live in a world where we feel the reality of Good Friday. And so we need to be led to the hope of Easter Sunday. Let me, let me pray for us, and then I'm going to try to explain what I mean by we need this season right now. So let me pray. Father, I'm desperate for you. who is sufficient for these things. I have no sufficiency in myself. Our sufficiency has got to be of you. It's got to be of God. God, we are desperate for you. We depend upon you. I pray that in these next minutes, you will help me to faithfully and clearly share what I believe convictionally your spirit has placed on my heart and has been stirring in me. Would you take my words that are weak and feeble and empower them as only you can and wield them as your words. This is my prayer. This is what we depend on you for. It's impossible apart from you. 
So we come in a posture of dependence, pleading for you to work. We pray these things in the name of your Son and by the power of your Spirit. Amen. Philippians 3, 12-16 says this, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. I had intended to preach a sermon on this text today entitled, Press On Toward Joy. I will preach that sermon next week. Today, I simply want to share with you from my heart, which I hope I do every week, but there's just something the Spirit has been stirring in me over the last several months, and especially in the last few days and, and over the last week, and I want to share it with you from my, my heart. And it as soon as I say that, everybody gets a little tense, wondering what is wrong, what is Jonathan about to say, so let me put you at ease with a couple of disclaimers. First, I'm not about to announce my resignation or anything like that. Second, I'm doing well. My, my heart is in a good place. The Lord is at work in my life. Holly and I are doing well. Our marriage and the kids are good. By God's grace, we are doing well. Third, Shades is doing well. One of the unique advantages you get as a pastor is you get this vantage point at which you get to see a mosaic of what's going on in a community. And you as a body are loving one another, investing in one another, discipling each other. You're sharing the gospel in, in the community of Birmingham at large. I get to hear stories about these things from you all the time. By God's grace, Shades is in a good, healthy place. So what is on my heart? Simply put, I believe that we have been and are in a concentrated season. We have been and are in a season of concentrated spiritual warfare from the enemy. I'll say it again. I believe we have been and are in a season of concentrated, we're always in spiritual warfare, but I, I believe we're in a season of concentrated spiritual warfare from the enemy. Let me explain. Since I returned from my sabbatical last fall, there has been an unrelenting onslaught of spiritual attack upon the body of shades, 
upon the leadership of Shades and in my life personally. First, the body. Since returning from sabbatical, I have, I have sat with more people than ever, weeping, counseling, praying over a whole host of things. And this, this is not abnormal as a pastor. I'm almost always walking alongside of, of someone going through something, but there has been an unusual concentration of, of more people going through deeper waters simultaneously than I have ever experienced in near 20 years of ministry. Our body has been under attack. Second, the leadership of Shades. Since returning from sabbatical, I have watched several of our leaders and their families walk through some incredibly painfully deep waters of, of suffering. And again, this is not uncommon, right? Seasons of suffering come into all of our lives. But these seasons occurring alongside of everything that's going on with people in our body, it just doesn't seem like happenstance to me. In fact, over the past week, I've actually talked with several other of my pastor friends in the Birmingham area who have articulated, without me asking them, have articulated the same things. Over the same time period, they've felt spiritual attack in their body, in their leadership, in their own lives. Our leaders have been under attack. Third, my personal experience. Um, last week, if you were here in the message, uh, I used an illustration about uh, the game of, of Jenga. I talked about how, I, I used that to talk about how suffering makes us depend more on Jesus. If, if you weren't here, real quickly, in Jenga, you got this stack of blocks, and on your turn, you got to remove one and put it on top. So the more turns people take, the more blocks get removed, the more dependent this shaky tower becomes on a singular block until that one shaky foundation is all that's left. And I said last week that suffering does the same thing in our life, but it has the opposite effect. Suffering removes the things upon which we think we depend. Financial security, health, relationships, safety. Like suffering removes those things until the only foundation that we've got left is Jesus. But unlike Jenga, where things get shakier and shakier, Christ proves himself surer and surer. Shades, since returning from sabbatical, I have had block after block after block knocked out from underneath the tower of my life. Personally, vocationally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. And I have striven 
with every resource in myself not to lose it. And as the days and the weeks and now months have gone on, it has felt like all around my soul has been giving way. It, it has felt like the ground all around is, is sinking sand. Shades, I, I have felt like I have been under attack. And when, when I step back from all of that, and I look at, at all of this, the, the, the body of shades, the leadership of shades, my, my own life, I believe that we have been and are in a season of concentrated spiritual warfare from the enemy. And I believe that he is on the attack of the attack precisely because things are good. Shades is healthy. God is at work. Were this not the case, he would have no reason to attack. I believe that he is angry that God is being glorified by your joy in Jesus, and so he is on the attack to kill our joy in Jesus. And I want to call him on it this morning. But because, Shades, I, I want to say in front of you what I've been repeating and preaching behind closed doors and been repeating and preaching to our leadership and been repeating and preaching to myself. I want to say it. I want to proclaim it in public. I want to declare that I've got good gospel news for us today that the enemy cannot win. As, as a friend of mine, a dear sister who texted me very graciously this week to ask how I was doing. She was not prepared for the onslaught of a text that she got after that, but she texts back to me very graciously words just from the Lord as a balm to my soul. And this is what she said near the end. She said, the enemy is trying, bless his heart. <laughs> he is already lost. I want to share good gospel news that the enemy cannot win because there's why because while satan has an evil purpose in all of our suffering to destroy our joy god is sovereign over our suffering god has a righteous and right and good purpose in it all and it's not for our joy to be destroyed it's for our joy to be increased shades this past week, I found myself weeping at home. And I, I don't weep. I, am, I wish, I pray for the gift of tears. Sometimes I feel like I come across as disingenuine because I don't weep. And I pray for that gift. I found myself at home this past week, weeping at home, weeping at work, completely at the end of myself. Utterly devastated in the realization that I don't have what it takes to be your pastor. 
I don't have what it takes to be the pastor you need me to be. Utterly devastated in the realization, I don't have what it takes to be the husband that Holly needs me to be. Utterly devastated, truly shattered in the realization that I don't have what it takes to be the father that my children need me to be. Like, I don't have what it takes. And, and, and I confess that, that I have been filled with so much anxiety as jingle block after jingle block of self-confidence has been knocked out from under me because God has been taking me into situation after situation where I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. I just don't know. And the Lord has been forcing me to feel my utter insufficiency because I don't want to feel it. I want to be enough. If I have an idol, it is the idol of wanting to be enough for you, for my wife, for my kids. I want to be omnipotent and omniscient. I want to be God for everybody. That is the heart of sin, Shades. It's the heart of it. Putting yourself in the place of God. And I confess and I repent publicly and openly. He has reduced me to a place where I feel my utter insufficiency. And this past week, on Ash Wednesday, as we approached the evening, and especially that night, finally, finally, in desperation, I threw myself on Jesus. Not in a way that fixed everything and made it okay. I'm in the midst of all this. The ground's still giving way all around me, Shades. But finally... I was reduced to a point where I had nothing left to grasp onto and I threw myself on Jesus. God has been using my suffering to leave me with nothing left but depending on Christ. To put it in in the language of the sermon last week, He has been making me share in the fellowship of His sufferings so that I might know the power of His resurrection. So that I might not cling to anything but Him as my all-surpassing treasure and worth. He has been making me live what I have been preaching. And I hate it. <laughs> That's probably too strong. I, I love it. It just hurts. It just hurts, Shades. It's painful. And he's making me live it. And he's making me live what's coming too. I've been reading ahead and I don't like it. He's making me live Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious in anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Jonathan, his block after block of self-confidence has been knocked out from under you and it stirred up all this anxiety. That's not the right response, Jonathan. Be anxious in that. No, I'm doing that so that in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, you'll bring it all to me. You'll turn to me. You'll depend on me and not on yourself. You'll find that Philippians 4.13 is true. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You'll find that Philippians 4.19 is true that my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. 
Shades, he has been forcing me to live out 2 Corinthians 3, 5, that I, to, to recognize what Paul says there, that I am insufficient in and of myself, but God is my sufficiency. He's been making me walk the path of 2 Corinthians 1, verses 8 and 9, where Paul talks about he and his, his companions, and he says that, that we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt as though we had received the sentence of death. But, Paul says, that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but upon God who raises the dead. Paul says we fellowshiped in his suffering so that we would rely on his resurrection power. That's what God has been doing to me. He's been doing John 15, 1 through 3, where the Father is the vine dresser that comes around pruning branches that bear fruit, clipping and clippings to increase their abiding. God has, has sovereignly made all around my soul give way so that I might turn to Him as my hope and stay. He has made the ground all around sinking sand so that I might stand on the only solid rock and shades on Ash Wednesday. I touched it. The solid rock. I, my foot found firm ground in Jesus. After, after months of, of spiritual warfare and trying to find the resources in myself, I was pushed to the end of myself. I had nowhere left to turn but to Jesus. And on Wednesday night, I threw myself upon the rock that is Christ and He is every bit as solid as He says. Shades, I cannot be your solid rock. I can't be Holly's solid rock. I can't be my children's solid rock, but I can point you to the solid rock because I felt him. I felt him. Shades, we are in a season of corporate suffering. Even if you're like Jonathan, not me. Everything's going great for me. Oh, you're in it too. Because 1 Corinthians 12, 26 is true. Where it says if one member of the body of Christ suffers, all suffer together. We are, I'm just telling you, from the pastoral mosaic perspective that the Lord has graciously been showing me, revealing, we are in a season of corporate suffering. And Satan aims to use it to destroy our joy. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus is sovereign and his aim in our suffering is to increase our joy. And Jesus' purpose wins. Shades, I believe that we as a body are being pushed to the end of ourselves so that we may learn to actually be a people who depend wholly and solely on Jesus. Not just talk about it, but actually do it. A people, he's, he's pushing us to the end of ourselves so that we will become a people who press on by the power he provides. Shades, I have preached this for years and I feel like I'm learning to live it for the first time. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. I told you I'm still in the thick of it. But, Shades, here's what I'm doing. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. 
brothers and sisters of Shades Valley Community Church, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Shades, I want to call us, I want to call out Satan, and I want to call us to press on towards joy in Jesus. Not in our own power. No, suffering pushes us to the end of our own power. It puts us in a place where we have no power to press on unless we depend upon the power of Christ. I want to call us this Lenten season to take up arms and to fight amidst this onslaught of spiritual warfare by turning to Christ and simply crying out in dependence upon Him. Shades, this is how Satan loses this fight. This is how he lo- Satan will lose this spiritual warfare when our suffering doesn't destroy our joy, but deepens it. That's when he loses. His purposes have failed. And Christ's purposes have succeeded. Satan will lose the spiritual warfare when our suffering doesn't destroy our joy, doesn't destroy our faith, doesn't destroy our dependence upon Jesus. No, it deepens our dependence upon Him. It deepens our faith in Him. It deepens our joy in Him. I want to call us to press on toward joy in Jesus. Brad called us to the same thing on Wednesday night. If you were here for the Ash Wednesday service, he called us during this season to a corporate fast, challenged us to fast, whatever that looks like for you in your life. For some of us, maybe it does look like fasting from food or from other things, whatever it looks like. He called us to fast, and he did that specifically calling us to fast on behalf of the community. He did that because we are having these conversations. And he said, John, I just, I just, I believe this is what the Lord is calling us to do as a community, to fast for one another, to pray for one another. He called us to a fast on behalf of the community, to use our fasting as a constant reminder to pray for one another, to, to let the longing of our fast express and intensify the longing of our prayers for each other. He called us to fast and to pray. He focused on fasting. I want to continue the call by focusing this morning on prayer. I want to call us this morning to a time of of prayer. Prayer that we, Shades Valley, at this moment, at this moment of having all of our Jenga blocks knocked out from under us, I want to call us to a time of prayer that we, in this moment, will cast ourselves upon the solid rock of Christ. I want want to call us to to prayer that we will reach the end of ourselves and turn to depend on him. I don't think this is a one-time thing. I don't think that my experience on Ash Wednesday night or that us coming to a time of prayer this morning, that that magically fixes everything and, oh, look, now we're a church that depends upon Jesus. No, I think that the entire Christian life is one of repentance and faith, a life of turning from sin and self to trust in Christ. I want to call us If we're in the midst of a season of concentrated spiritual warfare, I want us to be in the midst of a season of concentrated prayer. I want to call us to pray that we will press on by pressing into Jesus. That we will forget what lies behind. 
All the things that we have depended on, and we will strain for the one goal ahead, joy in Christ, dependence upon Him. I want us to press on this morning, right now, in this moment, by praying. Shades, as your pastor, I will not roll over and let Satan have his way amidst this spiritual warfare. We will not, as a body, roll over and let Satan have his way amidst spiritual warfare. No, we will sound a call to arms. This is that call. Take up arms, Shades Valley. This is a call to pray that Satan will not win in any of our suffering by destroying our faith. No, he will lose. In this moment, right now, this morning, he will lose because this morning we are going to use our suffering to deepen our dependence upon Jesus. And even amidst all of our sorrows, our joy in Jesus is going to increase. Shades, this is a call. It's a, it's a corporate call to press on towards joy in Christ. Father, I pray that we as a body will turn completely towards you in utter and sheer dependence. Lord, it is clear through all of the attacks the enemy has thrown towards our body, towards leadership, it is clear that we are insufficient in and of ourselves. But you are sufficient. I pray that this moment, this morning, we fight. That this March the 1st, 2020, is a stake in the ground that we will fight fiercely press on to be a people who depend upon you. God, I pray that we do that even now. I pray these things in the name of Jesus and by your Spirit.